You're gonna need a bigger boat. What a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. We are finishing up our January theme of bad movies, and I feel like we're kind of going out with a bang. After last week's episode and last week's movie, uh, this one I feel was a great improvement, despite the horrendous Rotten Tomatoes score. I'd today, have to agree. <laughs> today, we are talking about nothing but trouble according to you oh oh by the way at first i have to say something um in my in my in the jaws review last week i said that was the that jaws 3 was the only r-rated jaws movie i had that mixed up because i'd i'd learned recently there was another series that i found that there was an r-rated movie in and it was the james bond series that i found out one of those was r-rated oh so okay that's where i was getting that from i had to have to correct myself my bad anyways so we are talking about the 1991 horror comedy kind of a thing? I guess that's what you'd call it. Um, <laughs> nothing but Trouble. According to you, the only movie that was written and directed by Dan Aykroyd. And produced. And produced. And, and starring in, in two different roles. Yes. Yeah. He didn't want to direct it. Really? No. He had to direct it to get this project off the ground. Well, I noticed in the opening credits you saw another Aykroyd name that was... Um, Peter. Peter Aykroyd. So is that Dan's brother? That is his brother. Okay. And in fact, in the the opening scene and then towards the end, the doorman, the guy who's like washing his car. Oh, yeah, the little Irish guy. I think he was Irish. He might... Well, that was Peter Aykroyd. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. He was Mike the Doorman. Mike the Doorman. That's awesome. Yes. A little nepotism going there. Hey, brother, you're going to make my movie and you're going <laughs> to let me be in it? I don't know. <laughs> so, I had not... I mean, I remember... I used to work at Walmart way back in the day in the electronics department. And I remember seeing this movie on the shelf. I think it was actually the DVD of it. I remember seeing it, but I never knew anything about it or picked it up. I just had no idea what to think of it. And then, just a few years ago... I was at work and some guy was talking about a movie featuring a roller coaster that fed people into a meat grinder. <laughs> and I was like, did someone make a comedy about H.H. H. Holmes? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was seriously what I had thought. And then I looked it up and found it, Mr. Bone Stripper, and found out that that was nothing but trouble. So I at least knew something about the movie. Right. You know, that brings me to a new point. Uh, I didn't go over this with you before the show, but I thought something we could do that would be kind of fun is uh -huh. talk about what we thought this movie was going to be about. So you had seen Mr. Bone Stripper, that yeah. part. But other than that, you had no idea. So what did you think? Just what were your general feelings that this movie might be about? I really had no idea because I knew that it had this crazy old kind of Southern judge character in it. And that was it. I knew that. And there were people like trapped in a, uh, in a, in a basement or something. That's all I knew. And there was a freaking roller coaster that fed people into a meat grinder that was powered by like a bunch of V8 engines, which I'm like, that's insane. But it's also really cool at the same time. <laughs> Um, I, I I didn't know what this movie was going to be about. It looked like looked like some kind of comedy esque Saw movie, just about <laughs> from what I saw in it, just from that one clip. Right, right. Okay. Like if like if someone made a, a comedy out of Saw, this would probably be what it was. Okay. 
I don't think the title helped because no, it's it very, didn't. very title, generic yeah, it's title. It's a very generic. It doesn't make any sense when you look at it, except in the, except D- Demi Moore has the line, something about nothing but trouble yes. in one part of the movie. Yeah, the original title was going to be Valkenvania. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, and I think it, it's, you, you, you go into that and you're like, what the hell is Valkenvania? But you go into this movie and you're like, what the hell is it? Like, yeah. Not, yeah but like, you wouldn't see this movie being made with the list of stars that are in it. Because at the time, you'd think Chevy Chase... Oh, he's yeah. right in the middle of the vacation era. Yeah, he's, he's a huge. Star. And I mean, Dan Aykroyd only got him to do this movie because they're friends. Because uh-huh. Chevy Chase has been on record many times. He hated this script. Was Was Chevy Chase a Saturday Night Live alumni? He was. He was. Okay. Yes. What about John Candy? I don't think John Candy was, but I mm-hmm. think John Candy and Dan Aykroyd and the girl who played the cousin, Pruda, Pruda, yeah, were part of uh, a Chicago comedy troupe, I saw. Okay. So they were reuniting through that. Okay, so yeah, the the, the cousin, she was funny. I thought yes. she was really funny. Some of her yes. lines and just the way she delivered them. Um, but yeah, see, if it, Vulcanvania, that, also, that automatically makes me think of either Transylvania or Castlevania, which Wait. automatically brings me to like, creepy horror stuff right. so that yes. would have made a lot more sense but the people who were in, i guess they were in control of the money didn't want that to happen so so they just chose the most generic yes. title ever for a movie possibly okay well like i said this one <laughs> despite what, what was its rotten tomato score again rotten tomato critic was five percent mm-hmm. so still higher than jaws <laughs> and the audience was all the way up to 46 percent so wow. It's okay. actually a little bit. I mean, well, I mean it's, still, it's kind of liked yeah. by, by some people. And I got to say, I really enjoyed it just because of how absurd it was. And well, A, for its absurdity. And B, there's a lot of practical special effects in this movie that are pretty good, I think. Yeah, and I think this, this, this should interest you. This is actually based off one of Dan Aykroyd's personal experiences. Are you kidding? Apparently, me? he was in the Northeast somewhere, uh-huh. got pulled over in the middle of the night, and had to go see the Justice of the Peace. And ended up sitting there and having to talk with him for like four hours before he got released. Oh my god. So between that and his other inspiration was for some reason he was having dreams about John Candy and Drag is like, I gotta find a way to put make this into a movie. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. How the hell do you wake up from a dream like that and go, I just have to make that a reality? <laughs> that's what he's like he said he felt out it was so funny that he had to make it come true. <laughs> was like Okay. Okay. That's great. When, when did John Candy die? I remember when he died, and I remember knowing who he was. I want to say... Because he was in Rookie of the Year, and I had seen the Blues Brothers by then. Really? Yeah. See, no, I I knew John Candy... Well, at that point, by the time he died, I think it was 94, maybe. 94, maybe right. 95, probably. Maybe right. But I, I knew him from this. I knew him... The first time I'd ever seen him was Home Alone, of course, because... Oh, right, he was one of the cops in Home Alone. No. No, it was... What? He he's that polka guy. Oh right, the polka that gives her the right, ride. Right, polka, right. polka polka polka. I remember that now. Remember and that. then I also knew him from uh, Great Outdoors with okay. also Dan Aykroyd. So another yeah, movie they've done together. Okay. Well, this movie opens with a, some pretty cool shots of New York City at night. But am I the only one who gets kind of weirded out anytime I see shots of the of the World Trade Center anymore? Yeah, at this point, yeah, it's it's kind of like, ugh, you know that that is like. You know, for my dad's generation, they had, like, you know, President Kennedy being assassinated. And they had, you know, the Challenger blowing up and stuff like that. Our generation, we've got 9-11. Right. And it is it is really weird 
to have something happen that would, our kids are now reading in history yeah, books. Yeah, it's now history. It's unbelievable. Um, anyway, so yeah, some really beautiful nighttime aerials of, 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 of New York City. Um, music playing, sung by... It took me a second to realize it was Ray Charles. And um, it's just kind of generic, like I said, shots of the city with a song singing about the good life. Right. Uh, then we get... I, I, I feel like I've seen this building in other movies. I'm pretty sure I have if it's in New York. It's like a hotel. or It looks like a hotel, but apparently it's, a, it's an apartment building. Yeah. Um, enter Chevy Chase, who his name is Chris. He shows up in a, in a <clears throat> cab. It's like you, you would think if he was this big shot, he'd probably show up in like a personal car. Right. But, um, but no, the, the people who, who got out of their car before him were these two really rich people. I thought they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They, they, it feels like a couple. It does for, feel like for, a couple. Even after they say that they're siblings, which yeah. is what they are, they, it's, it still feels like a couple. Yeah. And he has a, Chevy Chase has a great line here. Because, yeah, the little, the little Irish, the little Irish doorman's yes. like, hey, Mr. What was, what was his last name? Chris? Or Thorn. 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 Hey, Mr. Thorn, how are you doing tonight? And, and he says, 110 blocks in under 15 minutes. Not bad for a one-eyed Russian immigrant. <laughs> that is one hell of an opening line. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's he's talking about, uh, I guess he's a big, he's some kind of big Wall Street guy because the little guy says, hey, thank you for that stock option or something. Yeah. It made a lot of money. And what do you do now? So he, um, you know, just typical big city kind of guy. Well, it's funny. He's like, what's going on here? And it's like, throwing a party. Who's throwing it? You are. Yeah. <laughs> Am I having a good time? I <laughs> I think he might have been being sarcastic, but yeah, you might be. You might be right. Yeah. And um, so he's there at the uh, at the elevator waiting. And first, well, first the two the two people we thought were a couple earlier was like, "Hey, Chris, Chris, come on, we see yeah. him for He's like, "No, no, I'll get the next one." And I gotta say, this for I'm guessing this is a really tall building, but the elevator goes up and down real quick because <laughs> like a minute later, the door opens again, just as Demi Moore comes on the scene, walking her two little dogs, and. Well, one of them, or I guess they kind of run away from him, and Chevy Chase is like, oh, you should get cats. They're much more low maintenance. And I'm like, I agree. I was like, you would have to agree. <laughs> yes. Um, they get inside, and <clears throat> once they're inside, she starts crying for some reason. Yeah. I didn't, did you catch why she was crying? or did? It, he asked her, like, how long have you been living in the building or something? And then yeah. she starts crying. She's thinking about her, what is it, is it her marriage? Remember when she sees the newspaper he's holding, she's like that son of a bitch or whatever. But that maybe I don't know. it's it's well, it's a lawyer, but it's also an ex of oh, some sort. I just okay. don't know if it was a marriage or just a boyfriend. See, I didn't pick up that that was an ex. Yeah, that's a, it was an ex. Oh, she was okay. talking about yes. So yeah, she sees his papers and he's got he's got some kind of a paper for a landfill proposition. And that's when she's like, that son of a bitch! And she, yeah. and, oh, and she's holding an espresso machine, too. In her yes. hand. And she, like, <laughs> pushes the espresso machine in Chris's hands and just storms off the elevator. And he's like, oh. And, and also, her, her poo bag. She had a yes. poo bag for a while. this. Yeah, because it's like, He's like, yeah, all. thanks for the espresso machine. And the, and bag, the bag of, of shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we see her in her apartment. And she's on the phone with someone really pissed off going on about Howard and this landfill deal. And then, um... Later, she is up at he because because Chris was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm having a party up in my apartment. You should yeah, come." Yeah, he invited for a drink. Yeah. So a few minutes later, she shows up and they start talking, and that's when we meet the Brazilian heirs, the yes. two the, the couple we thought was a couple from earlier, Fausto and Ronaldo. 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 And they are siblings, apparently. Yes. Um, they're and. <laughs> 
this 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 part this opening was a little was a little confusing. Yeah, honestly, I always forget about this. My memory picks up when they're leaving the parking garage. So every time when I watch this, I go, "Oh yeah, I forget this first like what ten minutes or so yeah. even happens in this movie." Because because nothing that happens in this first ten minutes comes into play in the rest of the movie. No. No. You know, she apparently she's going on about some kind of deal that this guy's supposed to turn this lake into a landfill. And it's like, well, it's in it's happening in Atlantic City tomorrow. So we can drive out there to Atlantic City and the two Brazilians hear that and go, oh, we can come with you. And and, and Chris is like, yeah, they, they'll forget. They won't be awake before two, before noon two. or something. No, they, he said they well, plan to leave at noon. And they, but they never e- even eat breakfast before two in the afternoon. Right, okay. Yeah. So the next morning... Chris is really hungover and considering not going. Just gonna give her his car. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a pretty nice Beamer for I mean ninety one or yeah. ninety whenever this movie was right. made. Um, and he's like the, the little Irish doorman's there, and he's like, here, just give her these car- just give her these keys. I'm tell her I'm not going. And then she the the elevator doors open and she is standing there. And we even get the cheesy ass saxophone music when she's walking <laughs> by with her, you know, it's you know, 90, 90s fashion. And and that's when and that immediately Chris is like okay yeah I'll go that's oh, yeah. I'm good give me the keys yeah give me the keys and then he gets a little mouse spray <laughs> yeah a little mouse spray and as they're preparing to leave the garage door opens and the two Brazilians are standing outside and this was like I was kind of surprised at this because he's Chris is like what the fuck <laughs> and I was like oh is that that gonna be our one f bomb for this movie but then I remembered it was an, it was the it was the 90s and sometimes you could get more than one f bomb out of a movie back then. I mean, Tootsie was rated PG, and it had, like, three F-bombs in it. So. And one of my favorite all-time lines, Bullshit, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Love that line in Tootsie. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So they are going to Atlantic City. All of them in this car. And I had to laugh at this ancient GPS yes. that, uh, that, uh, that Chris has in his car. Apparently it's, like, cartridge-based. Like, you had to have a cartridge. Yeah. For, I didn't even know GPS was a thing. I didn't either. I was surprised it even had it. I was like, oh. See, I love watching old movies just for stuff like this because I love seeing old technology. You know, now we've got we've got the world in our phone, in our pocket. And, now, right. and back then we had to have individual cartridges for individual regions of wherever we were going to be or something. Hey, and that that was good because yeah, normally was you were speed. just having to try to find, follow a map. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't think I've ever had to follow a map to get somewhere. I mean, my parents probably did, but I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I think you're right. So this is where we find out that Chris is divorced. It's been four years, and he says he's been over it for weeks. Yes. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a good sign. <laughs> Ronaldo and Ronaldo and Fausto are like, oh, we want to see some beautiful back back road scenery. Let's take a detour, and they are suddenly driving through some really shitty scenery. It's like the like the scenery on the turnpike was nicer right. than this because there's like all these old. Like gravel dispensaries yes. and what everywhere. There's a sign that says it's "caution sinkholes." And um, and then did you see the billboard that they pass? Oh, it said something. Yeah, it was something about the cops? Or no, but the two there's like yeah, you get two cars crashed. Uh huh. You get a cop holding a baby. Uh-huh. You get four people lying around the car under sheets because they've all died. <laughs> and it says he should have obeyed the law. Yeah, yeah. I village do of Alcavania, welcome or welcome to the village of Alcavania. Yeah. Like, what a name. What a name. And um, so they're driving through this town, and it's just getting worse and worse as they drive through. And it's like, 
They, they, they failed to stop for a stop sign. And I noticed that on the stop sign, like, all of the letters had bullet holes in them. Not, like, around them, but, like, someone really good was shooting <laughs> out these letters. And um, as, soon as, you, as soon as they run the, 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 or they fail to stop for the stop sign, I knew something was going to happen. And that's when the constable shows up. Not a cop, a constable. And... Then the cop, like, you know, kind of flashes his lights. And Fausto and Rinaldo are like, oh, let's outrun him. He, we, we've got a we've got a BMW. You, you got a Beamer, man. You got a Beamer, man. Yeah, and he's like. He's like, don't be a wimp chicken. Okay. <laughs> I had to wipe that attack because I love that. Don't be a wimp chicken. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, so just be, you know, you, just because you're wealthy and you're driving a really nice car, you think you, you think it gives you the right to run from the cops? And, um. So, and he says, you have a BMW, act like it. And I can say for, just about for a fact, that I noticed that a lot of people on the road who drive like assholes are driving Beamers. <laughs> so I can I can say, you know, that's a... It's because I, they I got Brazilians in the back telling them to. Maybe. I think they actually <laughs> did like a, like a scientific study once to see that the people who drive like assholes the most are men who own blue BMW M Series or something oh, wow. like that. <laughs> Like, I don't have a hard time believing that. Now, Chris is awfully calm about committing a felony. Because, you know, you're running from the cops. That is right. a felony. Yes. You're, you're, you're evading arrest or whatever. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we got this. But then you see from the inside of the like, cop you had car, to like this. I love this. He starts flipping switches. And he's driving this, like, old Dodge police car from the 70s or something. And this car has got rockets on it. Because he flips a switch and flames start shooting out the back of it. And suddenly the cop is on them again. And he also has a button that creates a roadblock. Like, yes. it's, you know, boom. The detour then, switch. The detour yeah. switch, yes. yeah. And then they're finally stopped. So they're going all on these back roads, and there are all these trucks from, like, this this um, um, a quarry of some yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah. And the whole time, the cop is on. The, and I knew it was John Candy immediately. I heard his voice. So, you know, hear the cop, and he's like, please slow down, you know. And they're, like, trying to dodge these trucks. And he says something about these trucks own this road. They're not going to yeah. stop for you. Yeah. <laughs> So they're finally stopped by a lady cop with an M16. Like, damn, that is serious. She is not joking around. And now Chris is like, oh, the cop's just going to give us a citation. You were just running from a cop. That is serious. That is not going to be a citation. That is when they will tase you and pull you out of the car and put cuffs on you. At least that is nowadays. Right. And we, like I said, we finally meet the cop, and it's John Candy. And he's carrying a Tech 9 which is a machine pistol. So, like, these, the, the, this police department really knows how to equip their officers. They don't fuck around. <laughs> no, they don't. That, that's very true. So, and now and now Chris is trying to bribe the cop. Of like, course. Like, you know, he shows him his wallet with his ID, and he pulls, like, a $100 bill kind of yeah. up out of it, like, huh, huh you want to take it? And, like, and he's like, I'm not interested in that, sir. Shit. You really do think you're above the law. <laughs> so now they have to go see the local justice of the peace. And... <laughs> As they're driving into this place, there's a freaking drawbridge that's motorized, you know. And on, on the uh, <clears throat> as they drive over it, they pull it back up, and you see the sign says something about enjoy your stay or yeah. something like that. And it's like, well, yep. enjoy our stay. Why are we staying? We're not staying. Right. And I love this part because they're pulling back all these just weird random lawn decorations. I have seen people's yards that look like this. <laughs> there's one close by to my house, actually. Just the most random, creepy-looking lawn I've ever seen. Oh. And... <laughs> There's was one place where you see three like fake dolphin heads sticking up out yes. of the ground, and Chris says, "Oh, so that's where they buried Flipper." And the two Brazilians are like, "Flipper's dead." 
I love that part. Yep. That made me laugh good. And then they also have a no cussing sign. Yes. And as They're... soon as and as soon as they see the no cussing sign, Chris says I can't remember what, oh, what you as soon as, as yes, yeah, Demi Moore is in the front or her name is Diane, by the way. Yeah, Diane. And, um she as soon as she reads it says no cussing, he goes, Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this place is just a junkyard. There's just garbage and junk yeah, cars and there, everywhere. There was like a whole stack of nothing but broken toasters. Yeah. I was like, do a bunch of newlyweds get caught coming this way? <laughs> like, they got their toaster in the back? Who knows? Who knows? Um, and we have, you know, they, they, bring, they bring them in here. Like, all rise for Judge Volk, Volk what's, his, what's his name? Alvin P. Volkenheiser? Volkenheiser. Alvin yeah. P. Var- Volkenheiser. And I gotta say, for what an insane character this is, Dan Aykroyd plays it very well. Oh, yeah, I like he, it. He was, he was amazing. Um, and at first, like, you can't even see his face, but, like... No, because, like, music's playing, music's his chair playing. just pops yeah, up. He just comes up out of the floor. <laughs> yes. And there's, like, books on the, on the table and stuff that you can't see his yeah, face. Right. You just hear his voice. He's sitting there, he's reading your citations. <laughs> And this, this and, and what's great about this though is he doesn't even mention the speeding yeah. or the reckless driving. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna tell him about the stops. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? After all that, and yeah. he is gonna get away with it? Yep. So, uh, you know, they're 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 being kind of disrespectful. And suddenly, the judge just kind of like jumps up from behind his desk and stu- and that's another thing I don't get about this guy is half the time he seems like he's immobile, and then another half of the time he's like running around like there's nothing wrong with him. Um, but uh, he jumps up and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll cut out that racket. You know, just telling him to stop being disrespectful. Yeah. And and Chris had started to light a cigar. Yep. And he tells him, put out that dog rocket. Like, yeah. I've never heard a cigar called a dog rocket. And before, before that, when he first jumped up, he did his whole hula, 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 bula, bula, bula. Did you get this line? I didn't get that line. Oh. No. Look who's got the front seat to the Mexican hat dance now. Just like a bunch of spiders in a birthday cake. Okay, I, I was like, spider- what the yeah. hell is that? came up with that line oh because that i I gotta say that's pretty good i never would have thought of that spiders and a birthday cake um (laughs) so he 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 starts going on like like diane's trying to be nice she's trying to be polite and salvage this situation chris is just being an asshole and yeah because diane says look if we just stop he'll let us go yeah Yeah, then the cat's eyes will spin yeah when the cat's (laughs) eyes will spin um but but he starts talking about his whole life story about how he he has an engineering degree and something about he fought the Germans in World War One and this guy must be a hundred years old of some kind. Yeah, yeah. He looks it. Yeah, he definitely looks he it. He looks it. He looks it. His nose looks so weird. <laughs> yeah. So he takes all of their IDs, all yes. their you know passports, and and the uh, he keeps calling Chris a banker. Yeah, a banker. Oh, you're a banker. He's like, like, no, no I'm, I'm an investment or I'm an investment advisor or something yeah, like that. Financial advisor. Financial advisor. Yeah. Um, he basically writes a column. He says. Yeah. In a paper. Yeah. He's like, oh, banker. He's like, no, no, not banker. Yeah. Just, the judge does not like bankers. No, he doesn't <laughs> like bankers. He doesn't like. I don't think he likes lawyers either. He, he doesn't like a lot of people. Um. So and, and like the the uh, the Brazilians, the two Brazilians, they're like we have diplomatic immunity or something like that. Didn't they say that? <laughs> they might have, but I, I think it's funny because they're Brazilian heirs. Mm-hmm. Their license say Argentina. Oh really? <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> so once he takes all of their licenses, he just hits this button and a trap door opens underneath them, and they fall into a giant pile of squeaky toys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
and 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 even the constables like that wasn't necessary they were clean they had no drugs no guns or whatever and the judge it says something about i was like i'll cut you out of the will i'll cut you out of everything you won't get anything out of me yep. so but and, and that I, I call that calls into question later on because I, I don't really understand the constable's character here. But again, I don't think this movie's really made to, you know, dissect characters or anything like that. No. No, I don't think so. So, Chris is trying to talk to Diana. Diana just hauls off and punches him like, You asshole, we could have gotten out of here, but because of you, because you were a dick, we're stuck down here. Yep. And, and, and then um, uh, Fausto's like, You're no longer our financial advisor. You're fired. <laughs> so now we cut back to... The country roads, the back country roads at yep. nighttime, and some random car full of degenerates gets co- gets pulled over by the constable too. They're drinking and driving, which is Daniel Baldwin as the main one. Oh, really? That was yeah. Daniel Baldwin. Okay, yeah. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's drunk. Oh yeah, he's drunk. They're, they're, they're like in the drugs. car drinking from a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah. They're high. They're they're stoned. They're sloshed. And <laughs> I had to laugh at this too because because the, the constable, uh, what was his name? Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, yeah he had an ancient breathalyzer in yes. his in the he had it in the trunk of his car yep. it was like nowadays they can like carry it in their pocket just about um so the degenerates are now standing before the judge well because he pulls a gun on him and Dennis oh right does right the whole, he pulls a gun oh no please don't and then boom yeah his, pulls out his pulls out his, his tech nine, nine like yeah. <laughs> oh no please don't shoot me um so now the degenerates are standing before the judge. They're laughing at it the way he looks. Oh, yeah. Just... And they've got, like, every kind of drug known to man. Because, he like, they found, you know, coke and speed and methamphetamines and heroin and, and, and booze and spoons and guns and knives and all this yeah. shit. Like, what the hell were these people doing? I don't know. It was like they were, like, running drugs. I think one of them said something about going to Miami. I don't know. Maybe they were running drugs or something. Probably. So, you know, of course, they're laughing at the judge because, yeah, his nose kind of looks like a dick. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, he and, yeah. and the judge has got all these, like, he's got an organ beside him, and he's got, like, all these little pull knobs like an organ would have. Yeah. And he, he's like, oh, step forward, step forward. And so they step forward. He pushes a button, and the floor turns into a conveyor yeah, belt. Yeah, because he actually tells them, and they start cheering because they're so drunk and high off their ass they don't realize. Uh-huh. He's like, yep, I sentence you to a horrible place where you will be put right to death. Yeah. Something... <laughs> and that's when he pulls it, and it's a conveyor, yeah. yeah. And uh, this this is my favorite part of the movie right here, I think, because this music starts, and he pulls a switch that says, Bone Stripper, start. Yep. And this music starts playing. It's like 90, late 80s, early 90s, hair metal music. And you see, like, all these motors start running, like big V8 yep. engines. And I got to wonder if this thing actually ran, because it's got a drive shaft. And, and like, all the, all, the, all the motors have, like, belts on them. And so, well, I don't think we mentioned it, but... This movie cost $40 million to make yeah. back then. Yeah. So it probably was, because they did say one of the main reasons it went over budget was creating the bone stripper. So, yeah, that must have been real. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, all these all these motors are powering this, you know, you has got this big painting of a guy. He's just this big evil-looking face, and his mouth is the opening to this conveyor belt. And he's got, like, all these pistons, like, with meat tenderizers right. on them. It's this <clears throat> really insane little contraption. And... The song that's playing is actually called Bone Stripper, written by this, written by or performed by Damn Yankees, and I guess on done for this for this movie because it's on the it's on the soundtrack. And they get these people get dumped out of this out of the house into a roller coaster that goes up and around and dumps them out 
into the conveyor belt leading into Mr. Bone Stripper's mouth. And I will say, Bone Stripper really lives up to his name. He is super efficient because <laughs> there is not a drop of blood anywhere, nope. just a bunch of bones being spit out the back. And they got a bullseye. And here they got too. a bullseye. But yeah, this <laughs> huge pile of bones, and now you've just gotten more, more and more bones um, flying out there and hitting a bullseye. And yeah, I wrote here, I wonder how much of this movie's budget went into Mr. Bone Stripper. <laughs> and the very next line is from Ch- from Chris, and he says, I'm sure these are perfectly reasonable people. <laughs> like, has, has anything you've seen tonight led you to believe these people are reasonable? <laughs> but then, yeah. um, what's, what's the what's the lady cop's name? Purdue or per- Perda? Perda, I think. I think. Pruda or something like that. She comes downstairs and like, supper's ready! Yeah, time for supper. She's got, her, she's got her machine gun still. She's still got her M16. <laughs> and now they're sitting around this table. And, and, the, and the judge is lowered through the ceiling on his chair yeah, to the table. That's another thing I think probably where a lot of this movie's budget yeah. went was like the machinations of the set itself. Because like all the, you know, the trap doors and the conveyor belts right. and the little, you know, things coming up and down out of the ceiling. And, and um, you'll see in this scene, there's a really cool thing with this uh, table. Yeah. And he's like, how? <laughs> he comes down and he says, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? <laughs> yeah. Like, I haven't heard that one in a long time. For you kids listening, that used to be the tagline for the Hawaiian punch commercials. And now we meet a new character, Eldona. Serving ants on a log. Yeah, ants on a log. And they, which is, I mean, I, I've heard it called flies on a log before. It's a, it's a stick of celery with peanut butter and raisins on it. So I mean, it's pretty good. But, but, but Diane looks at it like someone just, just handed her, you know, a snake. She's, she's holding it like, Ugh, what do I do it, with this? I didn't know what it was. It didn't look oh, like celery to me. You didn't? Oh, you didn't? Oh, it, it looked like celery to me. Oh, that thing looked disgusting to me. <laughs> so, I, but, I understood her plight there. Okay. Um, but no, Eldona is the judge's granddaughter and it's that is this is where we get the john candy in drag moment says dennis's twin sister dennis's twin sister and doesn't speak because she was struck dumb by a thunderclap <laughs> like that must have been one hell of a thunderclap and now and she has an obvious eye for chris like she's walking around the the, the yes. table like serving but she's still looking back at chris keeps looking back at chris and chris is looking at her like why are you looking at me and then so- chris is whispering to diane for a little bit. And uh, Pruda, Pruda, whatever. Yeah. She has one of my favorite lines because I quote it all the time. Like, what's on your brain? Yeah. I, lo- I love that line because she's like, if you're going to talk at the table, you got to speak for everyone. Yeah, but, she but, said something about, it is it is common courtesy in this country. If you speak, you say you speak so everybody else can hear you. So what's on your mind? <laughs> no, she says, what's on your oh, brain? what's on your brain? She specifically says it like that because okay. that's why I quote okay. it. Because See, I love the I la- I did like that line. I <laughs> laughed really brain? good at that. And uh, Chris... Kind of goes, he just kind of like pulls something out of his ass. And he looks like, well, I mean, all the steel you got around here, you could sell it all to the Japanese. Yeah. And the judge does not like this at all. He starts no. going on and on about, oh, you and you bankers, you industrialists, all you see is money. And he says something about how they, how they like strip mine the, the land that his house is built on. or Yeah. Like when his great grandfather, something or like that. It was long ago. And they, they supposedly gave him a bunch of stocks to, in this company. And it's like, hey, you know what that stock company's worth? That stock's worth now? It's worth wallpaper in your outhouse with. <laughs> So now they're having hot dogs. This big elaborate meal, this big elaborate dinner table, they're having hot dogs. Oh, these are some nasty they're looking nasty looking hot dogs. dogs, yes. And the table has an actual train set built into it. Like like he pushes a button and part of the table falls away and this train st- this train set pops up. And That's how you get your condiments? Yeah, there's all the condiments on the train. <laughs> and um that's another yeah, all the all the machinations of the set pieces probably why this movie had such a, a high budget. And um 
there's a short earthquake. And everyone's kind of like going, what's going on? What's going on? And he, the judge says something about it being a mine fire. It's a mine fire that's been burning since 1926. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he decides to play with the condiments. And he shoots a pickle at Fausto. Right. But but be- well, actually, before he did that, this is where we get one of the shots where you you actually kind of do a double take because Chris is looking at the oh, judge's yes. face and he and the judge is kind of like glaring at Chris and that's when in this particular shot the judge's nose looks a lot more like a dick than in any. Oh, of his I think they shows. make it very clear here. Yes, that is supposed <laughs> yes. to be the tip of a penis yeah. as his nose. <laughs> so yes, Fausto gets hit in the face with a little pickle and decides to run. He's like, my sister will not be in a place where she gets attacked by pickles or something like <laughs> yes. that. So they just out. They just run out the window. Just boom. And this is high up. Yeah, they're not. They're not on the, the ground, ground floor. No. There's probably like a five or six foot drop to the ground. And when they go out out the window, they go and and uh, Miss Perda or Pruda, whatever her name. She she starts shooting at him with the machine. Of course. Gun. And they uh, yell at her. No, get the dogs. Yeah, get the dogs. Now Chris and Diane try to run too, but they get caught a lot easier by Eldona. By Eldona. Yes. And now Fausto and Rinalda get to a moat that is full of really gross water. And, 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 and uh, Fausto goes, it smells like Sao Paulo. No. <laughs> now they, they decide to swim. They get to the other side and the constable is waiting for them Of there. course. And he says he's worked for the Reeves since he was eight. <laughs> now, I can't figure out, is he actually family? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause he, cause, he's, an, he's, he, he's the twin sister of Eldon. He's also a grandson. Okay, because I, I didn't catch that at first. When he says, I've worked for them since I was eight, I, mean, I thought maybe they had, like, taken him in or something. I think they just made him start working young. But, you know, he was, yeah, he's part of the family. Maybe. He decides to hide Fausto and Ronaldo. Right. He seems like about the only sensible character in this family. Yes. Um, now, Chris and Diane are locked in a small room, and suddenly they start making out. Of course. When Diane is going on about having bad taste in it, she is talking about... I have terrible taste in men. I do all kinds of, you know, bad stuff and blah, blah, blah. While she's making out with Chris. Like, if if she's if a woman claims to have bad taste in men while she's making out with you, that's not a good sign. <laughs> but then she's like, no, I can't do this. And she goes and lays down. Yeah, yeah. So Chris goes to cuddle with her. Mm-hmm. And it pans over to a painting on the wall, which is obviously John Candy and Dragon mm-hmm. again. But there are eyes in the painting that are watching them. Mm-hmm. And when it sees that they're in bed together... Suddenly, the, the mattress starts just Spin. flipping, spinning, vroom, 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 like like still in the bed frame, just spinning. And now they're awake. And then the door opens, mm-hmm. and they have a chance to leave. So, and, and like, I'm guessing this was, well, we'll find that in a minute. But this was one of the cool parts of the movie, I thought. Because, like, they're, this house is, like, changing as they're walking through it. Like, they like at first, you know, they're walking down this hallway, and you know, some doors are open, some doors are closed. Right. And then they go upstairs, like there's a secret, like a wall opens up and they go upstairs or something. And then there's more doors and there's some really funny jokes in some of these. Because they open one door and then the room is just full of like messed up baby dolls. Yes. And Chris is like, oh, this must be the nursery. Yeah, must be the nursery, yeah. And they open this other door and it opens and it's just a wall. But there's a a tombstone in there that says, here lies Mama Vulcan, Vulcan, whatever, whatever her name was. It's Marjorie, actually. Marjorie, Marjorie Vulcanheiser. She forgot to duck. She forgot to duck. That's the <laughs> that's the epitaph on the tombstone. Then there's a room with a whole bunch of bats in it. This yeah, shitting. Yeah, just this so it's a huge pile of bat pile shit. Of bat shit. <laughs> He's like, must be the bat room. <laughs> like what that's the a, fuck? that's a normal room. The bat Is room. It, yeah. I, or unless that was supposed to be a play on a bat room, a bathroom. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe now, it was. now they they get to this hallway and they turn around and the, like the the wall is it's from the end of the hallway them, is closing yes. in on them like something from Indiana Jones. 
Now they're trying, you know, Demi Moore or Diane is trying to open the door at the end of the hallway and she can't get it open. So she just decides to stand there and scream. And while, while Chris actually manages to get another door, no, it was like the wall opens or something like that. No, he has to bust through okay, that door. Okay, he has to bust the door and then it leads pulls upstairs her up to the, the attic. Which, of course, they're going up and it gets smaller, smaller, and boom. Mm-hmm. He hits his head. Yeah. And then they go up in the attic and as soon as they get up there, a big like safe yeah, or some safe, kind of uh-huh. thing comes down and almost smashes them then too. And then, it, so now the, now the door, the trap door leading out of the attic is, is locked because right. it's got a... You know, giant metal safe sitting on it. They can't move it. So start looking at the wall, and here's where you get all your licenses. Yes, there are hundreds of, you know, or if not thousands of licenses and people that they have obviously kept and, and, you know, killed eventually. And and a lot of them, he says, they're all bankers. Yeah. And what famous license do we get? Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. So the Irishman was bullshit. <laughs> this was what really happened. This to Jimmy is how Alpha. we need. This is a double feature for you. <laughs> yes, the only the only thing between these two movies is Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Oh man. Now they now the movie kind of pulls a psycho because they accidentally set a chair spinning around to reveal a skeleton. We don't know who this person is. Just a dead person. And then yep. there's another there's dead person. Another, yep. And we get and we get a shot outside, and Eldona is chopping up the BMW from earlier. She's got because a because they had told her it was already being impounded. Yeah. yeah, like as soon as they walked in there, the car was impounded, yeah. and they said something when they introduced Eldona about she's the best car mechanic in five states or something like yeah. that, or in five counties. Now the constable is watching them somehow. I guess he's like got him on camera or something, and he says, "Okay, you you hot dog" or something like that, and he and he. Hits a switch that opens a door in the attic for Chris and Diane that leads to a slide. Yes. Now, Diane has a has a great you know sense of logic here because she's like all the shit I've seen in this house I am not going down a fucking slide. Right. <laughs> but then they decide to anyways. Well, they're stuck up there. I mean. Yeah, that's the only way they can get down. So Di- so Diane and they and Chris both go down the slide and then it splits. Yep. Diane goes down one side and Chris goes down the of other. Course. Diane ends up outside and Chris ends up in a pile of bones. <laughs> Like femurs, just big bones. Right outside the judge's room. Right outside the judge's room. There's a hole in the wall where he can see the judge in his bedroom. And the judge takes his hair off. <laughs> then he takes his nose off. He takes that penis right off his face. Yeah. It's like just got a pretty pretty good effect there. You yeah. know, the, 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 the gore of mm-hmm. what's left of his nose. Right. And uh, then he sits on the bed and takes a leg takes off. Takes a leg off, yeah. Now, Diane finds what's left of the BMW and it won't even start. The car phone still works, but she can't call 911 because something about um, they didn't have any service there. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So she does get her jacket because it must be cold. Yeah, it has to be. And then we get to meet the grandsons. I did not know how to react to this part. I thought this movie had shown me all it had to show me. And then she, you know, she hears these two voices. Yeah, and you hear them and they're talking about... They're too. They were got too fat too to finish fat high to school. Finish high school. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? And you see them, and they look like giant babies in diapers. Yes. They have these huge stomachs that literally had the sound effect of boom, da boom, da boom yep. as they walk. Mm-hmm. This is Bobo and Little Devil. Yes. Not Devil. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought it was Little. I devil. thought it was Little Devil too, but then when I saw the credits, no, it's Devil. D e b u l l. Yes. Or something like that. Yes, D-E-B-B-U-L-L, yes. And they're not allowed in the house. These are the judge's grandsons, which, I mean... 
So he has a lot of grandkids. Where no, are the yeah, actual, where are the actual kids? kids? I was just thinking who that exact the, same thing. Who are the parents of these two things? We basically know. things. Maybe, maybe they ran away. Maybe maybe they were like, you know what? You kids are on your own. We're getting out of here. <laughs> they see Diane. She obviously runs. Mm-hmm. Eldona catches her. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, Eldona, that's good. That's good. No, that's not good. Yeah, because they, they're like they're like trying they're like burning steel, they're smelting something or, yeah. or forging something. And there's this big like furnace in the ground there and, and Eldona's about to throw Diane down the furnace and they have like, No, 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 Eldona, we don't wanna do play it. with her. Yeah, we wanna play with her. <laughs> so now back to the judge's room, and the lady cop has found a couple more speeders. He calls them on the radio, Judge, I found a couple more speeders. And they were then. Then we see, you know, the cars pulling up to the front of the house, and they're driving a hearse, like they were speeding in a hearse. In a hearse, really? And a bunch of people get like like thirty people get out of this hearse, and they're all, you know, '90s hip hop chic. You know, got all the big gold and all chains. All the groupies. And all yeah, all the all the groupies. That's why there's so many. Yes. Yeah. And I later found out this was an actual hip hop group called Digital Underground, which I didn't because you know me, I don't know a lot about yeah. hip hop. Right, okay. And one of them says, this place is extremely draculated. <laughs> and then, like, the uh, the uh, Miss Miss Pruda or Pruder or whatever her name is, she's like, all right, everybody inside, let's go talk to the judge. And this guy says, I had to write this line down, she is one ugly, cross-burning, redneck, peck of wood police bitch. <laughs> I had to write that down. I'm glad you wrote that down. That was a great line. And this guy who says it, he looks like he's wearing... A fake nose. He does, like sunglassing yeah. with sunglasses he's the leader with a fake of, nose. Okay. He's the leader of Digital Underground. Okay. He's, I think they call him Humpty. Because right. the first song I ever heard from was Humpty's Dance. Okay, right. The Humpty Dance. Yeah. I know, the only reason I know that one is because of Weird Al. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now the judge goes downstairs, again, through his little, like, straight through the roof, pew, you know, little elevator yep. kind of thing. And Chris, Chris decides to come out through those pile of bones into yeah, the room. Into the room, through this big hole in the wall. Like, how did the judge not see that or hear that whenever he hit? Because he was, like, in the room. And now just, you know, he, he starts snooping around and he finds a gun. But then suddenly the judge is back in the room. And the judge, who has been pretty much confined to a chair this whole time and has a fake leg, gets up and starts chasing after Chris and, like, trying to fight him. And now, yeah, he can actually get out of his chair. Chris... <laughs> And, and, ends and up like, stepping in a bedpan. Yeah, Chris ends up stepping in a bedpan, and uh, at one point, like he tries to kick the the, the, the judge in the leg, and the judge is like, ah, "Nice try! I lost that leg in France or yeah. something like <laughs> yeah. that." Now, um, so Chris goes running out of the room into the hallway and runs straight into Eldona. <laughs> and the and, judge says, "Oh, any man she meets, she keeps. Yeah, or any man she touches, she keeps." He says something about she has your not essence. What does he say? Your 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 something about she's got your your smell on you now or something so she, you're her man or something okay. like that um so yeah just touching her that's now she is you are now her man so now the judge is seeing the and trying the hip-hop band from before and the and the the, the cop lady miss purdue is like purdue whatever her name is yeah. she's like yes there was a lot of musical oh, items <laughs> in the back and she's like oh yes. you're a musical band yeah yeah so let me hear what you're saying so <laughs> Oh, and we, we get a shot of Chris chained up in Eldona's room while the song Big, Big Girls, Girls Don't, Don't Cry. Cry by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons is playing. I'll probably never be able to hear that song again without thinking about this. Because Eldona is like, drag. is like, she's like standing behind this this per, this partition, but you can still see her head over it. And she's like waving her underwear at Chris, like trying to seduce him. And he's just like, oh God, oh Jesus. And then we get <laughs> Diane playing cards with Bobo and Little Devil. 
And she's like in a cage. I'm not sure what game they were playing. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And this whole this whole ending, this whole scene, this this set of scenes right here is like kind of disjointed. But now we cut back to oh, <laughs> before I gotta mention this. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I love this part because they're playing the game, and Bobo's like, "If I win, I get another bowl of cereal." Because one of the things when they're talking about too fat to eat high school, he says, "You eat too much cereal." Right, right. So he wants another bowl, and then little devil's like. If I win, I get Diane. Yeah. And so then Diane goes, "Come on, Bobo." <laughs> it was a, that was a line I never caught growing up. That was a line I, yeah. I caught it recently, but I never caught it when I was little. Yeah, definitely, yes, would, definitely we, wouldn't catch this. But now, um, now back inside, the hip hop band is performing a song for the judge, and this is when I found out that Tupac was in this group. Tupac Shakur is in the group in the movie. Yep. And the judge even c- kind of cuts in with him. He starts playing his own organ. Now, yep. this is what I don't get. Like, he had a, it seemed like he had a problem with, or maybe he had a problem with um, the idea of, of Diane and Chris sleeping together. But there are all these hip-hop floozies, you know, and obviously hip-hop floozies in 1990 looked a lot different than they do now. But they're, you know, dancing all over the place, dancing all around the judge, just shaking everything they've got. And, and he's he, into it. He's into it, yeah. He's singing all around the world. The judge lets them all go, but he says they need their help for something. Now, Judge wants Chris to stay here and marry Eldona or die. Yes. That's, those are the two choices he gives them. I love He's like, she's a nice girl. She's just shy. She's shy. He's like, she's mute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the band starts playing a hip-hop electronic version of the, the wedding, wedding march, march for them. And we see Eldona coming down the stairs. And Chris is married to Eldona right there. The, co- the, the judge is like, I, I, I pronounce you man and wife. And he's like, and then like the band starts to leave and Chris is like, no, no, take me with you. And one of the guys says, it's okay, man. I was nervous at my wedding too. So now, 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 of course, Eldona's distraught because Chris doesn't really love her. And the judge is pissed off because he doesn't, he you know, Chris doesn't want to marry her. So Chris is about to meet Mr. Bone Stripper. He does the same thing that the other people did, you know, the whole roller coaster yeah. and onto the onto the uh, conveyor belt leading into his mouth, but he's able to get up and kind of try to outcrawl the conveyor belt, so he's not going into the mouth yet. Yeah, and he's saying, please God, please God, yeah, please, please God, God, please God, God, please God. And then then the motors break, yes. or one of the, or the, the drive shaft breaks, so the, the teeth stop, and he just goes through and out the chute. Yeah. And he lands in the big pile of bones, and he goes, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes. Um... And we see, we get a shot of the constable packing up things like he's leaving. And there's a yeah. picture that he puts in a suitcase of a, of a man. It looks like he's in a police uniform with a big flag behind him. No idea who that was. Maybe that was his dad. Maybe his dad was killed in the line of duty. Maybe or something. so. That could be. Yes. So then we get another amazing contraption they made for this movie. What did they call it? A a a. a some kind of grater. A gratatine. That's what it is. Miss Gratatine. Oh, instead of a, okay. instead of a guillotine, we've got we've got Mr. Bone Stripper and Miss yeah. Grater Teen. Okay. Instead of a guillotine, it's a grater teen because it's like this some contraption with all these like snow plows mounted to the top of it. So when it falls, it just cuts in three places. Like they had a bunch of watermelons down yeah, there. Just... And they drop it, you know, just to just to just to uh I guess display what it can do. Yeah, they had to. Yeah. So now the, the judge... judge is willing to trade Diane mm-hmm. for Chris to show himself. Yeah. And he's like, you got five minutes before Diane gets cut and shuffled. <laughs> and <laughs> and like, while Diane is being chained down under this thing, she says, this is a classic case of a dysfunctional family. <laughs> like, that is one hell of an understatement. 
This is this is like a a PG thirteen funnier version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, basically. <laughs> so Chris does the first smart thing he's done in this movie and blows up a bunch of gasoline barrels to distract them long enough to save Diane. And now Bobo, Little Devil, and Miss Purdue are in a car looking for them. Chris and Diane act you know they get to the same moat and decide to head to the train tracks this time because right they heard, they 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 heard a train earlier. Yes. And, uh, and and Chris even says the same thing of the the of the mode. He says it smells like Sao Paulo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've never been to Sao Paulo, but maybe I haven't either. But it must must smell pretty bad. So they're running to catch the train, and and Miss Purdue is trying to shoot them while they're climbing up onto this train, and misses. So now it's the next morning, and I guess the the train is showing up in Atlantic City because they don't say where it is. It's just a city, right? And. The next thing we see is Diane and Chris, you know, on this big whiteboard, drawing out everything they've seen and everything they've experienced to the cops. And I noticed that one of the cops was Brian Doyle Murray, and Bill Murray's little Raymond brother. Raymond J. Barry. Yeah. Oh, is, is Brian Doyle Murray? That is Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's little brother or older brother? I'm not I sure. Honestly, don't know. I have to look that up. So now the cops and, like, the National Guard are storming the judge's house. Yeah, because they want them to actually come to identify. He's like, I've yeah. seen this dude peel off his face four inches from mine. Yeah. I can recognize him from a lineup. Yeah. But, of course, Diane's like, no, no, we can go. We can help him. Mm-hmm. Bad decision. Very bad decision. Because they show up and they go up to ring the doorbell. Did you like the doorbell? Oh, yeah, the doorbell was a cat <laughs> going, was a cat going like, meow, or something like that. I thought that was funny. Um, George opens up. He acts like he doesn't know. He's like, what are you like who are you? Who are you bothering me in my house at this time like, of night? You better watch out. There's, there's a, a bee's nest. I always yeah, remember he, that line. <laughs> he's like, there's a bee's nest behind you. And they slowly turn around. And all the cops and all the army guys are like, hi, Judge. He's like, you can't go far in this city without running into some people I know. Yeah. And I'm like, but, how far did they go? I don't know. We don't know. We, they never actually told us. So the, all the cops were in on it. So we're like, ah, oh, shit, now what do we do? And then, the, and then the ground starts to shake. And the mines underneath, I guess, finally start to give way. This was one of the coolest parts of the movie as far as special effects were concerned. Because, like, everything starts to fall apart. And it looks really cool. Yeah. Except we get a shot where, where uh, Miss Purdue is in the outhouse. Like, like, the door opens and she's sitting there. And then the whole thing oh, just falls, falls through the yep. floor. Falls through the ground. And they end up getting back to the Beamer, uh-huh. and it turned out Chris has some kind of, kind of, I don't know how he got it to start. He said there's some kind of, it's kind of like what uh, Furiosa did. In, yeah, some kind of kill switch yeah, or something. Like, basically get, like that. You gotta push this button to get it to start. So they're, yeah. they're driving away as this house and everything falls into the ground. And like I said, it looks really cool yeah. whenever it does. There's probably another place where this movie's special effects budget went. Then we cut to Brazil. Yeah. Fausto and Rinalda and Dennis are now living the high life. Yep. Dennis and Rinalda are lovers and very open talking about it. And he is their head of security, apparently. Yeah, that's why Faust is like, our new head of security. And she's like, and my lover. <laughs> yeah, and my lover, yeah. Now, back in New York, we see what's left of Chris's BMW is outside of his, of his apartment and getting polished by the little bellhop. And Chris is having a nightmare. He's laying on the couch and having some kind of a nightmare. A nightmare, she a nap calls mare, it. Yes. I had to laugh when they said, you, have, you had a nap You had a nap mare. Mare. Yeah. Like, really? yeah, Diane's still there. She wakes him up. And she's like, I'm going to go get a shower. So Chris turns on the TV and sees on the news about a massive mine fire 
Valkenvania specifically in is Val- burning. Yeah, Valkenvania specifically. Uh, oh, wait, here's the survivor. Yeah, survivor. And she's like, sir, how do you feel knowing that everything you own is now is now underground? And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to be okay. Of course, it's the judge. Yes. He's like, I'm going to live with my, my grandson-in-law who lives in New York. And he, he still has his ID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his ID out of all those others, he was able to find his See ID. See you soon, banker. See you soon, banker. And we get this like i'm guessing i don't know what i was expecting this movie to end like but we get like this looney tunes ending where we see just this we hear a crash and we see this hole in the wall shaped like a guy running away and you hear Chevy chase go no you won't yeah no you won't so i'm like so he left diane to fend for herself when the judge comes yeah like he's gone. I'm like I'm moving. I am changing my location. Mm. I am changing my address. I am moving to another. I mean, he, this guy's a Wall Street guy. I'm sure he, he can afford it. I'm sure he can. But he left Diane. He didn't tell her anything. Because <laughs> just like, see you soon, banger. He's gone. No, you won't. <laughs> end credits. And the end credits was because I know you had said that 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 Dan Aykroyd played two parts in this movie, right. not just the judge. And I was like, who the hell else did he play? I did not realize that he was Bobo. Yeah, he and he played Bobo. Because, once again, just like the directing gig, he couldn't find anyone that wanted to play him. Yeah, I mean, who the hell would want to... Who would consciously look at this script and say, yeah, this is something I want to put my name on? I can't remember who played the other one, Little Devil, because it wasn't... It was someone else. Yeah. But, uh... But, yeah, like we said, he didn't... He he played Bobo, because no one else wanted to. Mm-hmm. Kane Hodder doubled him at some point in that movie. I'm guessing it's when the explosion happened and he fell over or something. Oh, maybe... He doubled Dan Aykroyd's Bobo. Okay. Uh, he, he directed because, let's see, he showed it to John Hughes, so like Breakfast Club and all that. <laughs> hey, what's even funnier is John Hughes thought it was interesting. He just doesn't direct movies that aren't his own scripts. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. And then he also tried to get Ivan Reitman, so like Ghostbusters fame. Uh-huh. No. He got... You mentioned Blues Brothers. He got John Landis to look at it, and John Landis like, no, this is a piece of shit. I'm not directing this. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so he, he went to like all the people he knew, yeah, you know, Ghostbusters and and and, and uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah. So he went to his people, and they're like, no, we're not doing this, dude. Like, dude, you're on your own. I'm sorry. <laughs> how, bad, how, how do you know you've got a bad movie when your own friends don't want to direct it? Come on. Well, well I don't think we mentioned. I know we mentioned forty million dollar budget. This movie only made eight and a half million. Yeah, I think you mentioned that on the top five bad movies. I mean, I probably yeah, didn't mention back did. on that episode. You're probably right. Jeez so, yeah. Louise, talk yeah. about a flop. Yeah. Of course, that's still not as bad a flop as Cats is right now. <laughs> yeah. The movie cost like ninety something million to make, and it made seven or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, is it that bad? It is bad, Ooh. dude. It is. I saw. I saw a tweet where someone's like, "I want a, like a, a manuscript or a, a printout of the meeting where they thought this movie was gonna make ninety million dollars," <laughs> which sucks because I really like the Cats musical. <laughs> well, maybe you'll enjoy the movie. I I may wait until it comes out on Blu-ray and then rent it from Redbox or something and just just to make fun of it. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to see that in theaters. <laughs> no, 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 no. There. I mean, because. I've seen what we're getting off topic here, but watch Mojo did a list of the, all the top 10 things wrong with the cats movie and just the clips that they showed from that video. I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like there's a lot of jokes and they're like, cat got your tongue. <laughs> all the bad puns. Yeah. All the bad puns. Oh, and that takes me back to Batman and Robin. This movie still looks worse than Batman and Robin. Uh, I remember <laughs> that one had the terrible puns in it. Oh yeah. I'm I'm giving always, the cold shoulder. Always winterize your pipes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. 
Oh my gosh. But no, I really enjoyed Nothing But Trouble. If I would love it if Scream Factory or Shout Factory would do like a special edition oh, release too. of this movie with all because like I want to know how did they make the bone strip Mr. Bone Stripper work? How did they make some of the all the things inside the house work? Because that was really cool. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And even as dumb as it was. The judge was just such a fun character to watch. He really, he really is, yes. Like, Dan Aykroyd put 100% into that character. Easily. Yeah, I mean, this definitely was a passion project, and it shows. And I appreciate that, because I, I think I caught this movie on HBO when I was little. Uh-huh. So, of course, when I got it, I had to get it on DVD. Uh-huh. The DVD literally has... Nothing. nothing no special features at all nothing like i don't know if that i don't even know if it had subtitles or anything like it the, doesn't yeah. i tried to put on subtitles to write down some of the lines uh-huh. and it did not have that option okay yeah. so yeah it's literally play movie jump to a scene yeah jump to a scene that, that was it. it i was like oh that's not a commentary or anything because i would have watched this with the commentary just to see what people say oh absolutely i i don't usually watch movies with commentaries but i would have loved to have heard the yeah. commentary on this one. Oh, that would have been great so next month, yeah, we are concluding Bad Movie yes, Month. We are concluding. We are concluding Bad Movie Month and moving on to February. What is February famous for? Saint Valentine's Day, the, the day where we celebrate overpriced, overpriced greeting cards and bad flowers and gambled chocolate, as Jim Gaffigan once put it. Oh, uh, <laughs> the ones where you don't, where you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, the Forrest Gump. Yeah. Chocolates. Box yep. of chocolate. Box okay. of chocolates. All that jazz. So we're going to talk about some romance movies we've seen. Adam, you're up first. What you got in store? I've got a movie. I haven't looked up all of its information yet. But this was actually the first movie I saw Keanu Reeves in. Really? Yes. I'm pretty sure this I saw... This is the first time you saw him. Okay. The, I'm pretty sure it was the first... I'm pretty sure I saw this before I saw uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, and we're not talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula. Here. No, we are not talking about that. We are talking about A Walk in the Clouds from 1995, which uh, in which Keanu Reeves plays a World War II vet coming home from it to, to find his wife and then meets this pregnant woman and decides to pose as her husband. So her father won't kill plot. her. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a very strange plot. But I, I remember it being an okay movie because you know, it's got some great great actors. I mean, uh, Giancarlo Giannini is in it. I think that's how you say his name. Um, from, uh, he, uh, Hannibal. He yeah, was in Hannibal. Hannibal. He was in Hannibal. He was in, um, Skyfall. He was, no, he wasn't in Skyfall. He was in Casino Royale. He was in, um, Man on Fire. So you got some good actors in this movie. And, um, I remember it being fun. We will see if my memory holds up. <laughs> what are some of the other movies we're talking about next month? Well, for Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. we're going to be visiting a movie that happens to a lot of people, whether they plan it or not. Adam will be getting knocked up on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. I knew I should have worn protection. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, those are some of our coming episodes. We're not going to do like a bonus top five romance movies because I'll be honest with you. Romantic movies are not really movies that I seek out Holy to crap, watch. Holy crap, I'd have a hard time with that list. I would have a very... Because I, I, I probably have a hard time <clears throat> thinking of five, you know, romantic or love stories that I've seen. That weren't yeah. like, you know, God, I can't even think of, I think we will be doing an episode on the big sick because that was a really good one. I really enjoyed that one. And I think you said something about forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that would end, that will end the month. Yes. That will end the month. So yeah, we'll be talking about some love stories for next month. 
But that wraps up this episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. And always remember, whether you're in your car or in your theater, always check your blind spots. You guys take care. We'll see you next time.